Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, along with Wes Johnson, Cody Spears. Working on a guest for tonight. We shall see if he, he or she shows up. But this is this is the draft episode, folks. We want to talk about anybody who might unexpectedly fall out of round one. Kind of go through some bold draft predictions, where Bijan Robinson might land, and then kind of, you know, just some of the what the Cardinals are going to do at number three. Uh, it's all draft, all now for the next 40, 45 minutes. Because the 2023 NFL Draft is Thursday, April 27th. Foremost, though, let's talk about BetOnline.ag, who is the number one source for all of your basketball information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, including latest player reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, and BetOnline has you covered with all the sports needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, right down to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on all the action. Be sure to use this promo code BLEAV, believe. BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, you know, free money. Bet online where the game starts. It's the trend zone and we are here uh our clock, not necessarily your clock. We are about 22 hours away from the NFL draft. So by the time you're listening to this, hopefully for your sake, about 10 or so hours away. But what we're going to do tonight is go through some of the, the hot button topics of the draft. We had our mock last week, but right out of the gate to Wes, who is a player, sir, that will unexpectedly fall out of round one. Hmm. <laughs> we're going to start with this. All right. Yes. So let's, uh, set this mic on fire let's do anthony richardson what uh yeah exactly what insane he could unexpectedly fall Sounds out like a around Bayless one take uh, it, hey <laughs> yeah there's a no it way. happened it happened last year with malik willis everybody had malik in the first yeah, round that is very true he, he had a, a similar uh you know prospect profile athletic quarterback had some accuracy issues um Everybody had Malik Willis as possibly even the first quarterback taken. Definitely wasn't getting past, you know, pick 15. Mm-hmm. And and here we come uh, into draft night, and he lasts until the third round. Uh, I Is it going to happen? Possibly not. But, I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked as well. Like, if, if everybody – has the the fantasy lens when it comes to Anthony Richardson uh, in this approach, and he he winds up falling a bit. And to your point, now we have the luxury of hindsight, so we can say about Malik Willis, well, yeah, that guy absolutely sucked. Of course, he fell out of round one. We didn't know that last year at this time. Every single mock draft artist had Malik Willis in round one, if not in the top 10. And I recall vividly after night number one of the draft was over, 
I believe I wrote on VikingsTerritory.com landing spots for Malik Willis in round two because it it was a they forgot it was it was a goof that he fell out of round one. No, the teams forgot he was available. Uh, so to your point, it seems outlandish right now, mainly because Richardson was just a combine god. Uh, but yeah, there is precedent for this, and his name is Malik Willis. Uh, I thought mine was the hot take after the last four weeks was Hendon Hooker. For me, it's believe it when I see it on him in round one. I know most of the draft smoke has absolutely dragged him into round one to the Vikings, to the Titans, to the Bucks. But I, there's got to be a lot of general managers that have to study the history of the game. There has never been a good old quarterback to come out of round one. So evidently, whichever team signs on his dotted line is going to be the outlier and is going to be groundbreaking. Because I kid you not, I challenge anybody listening to this to pull the first round history of old quarterbacks and you're going to vomit because they're so bad. And plus, this guy's got a terrible knee that he's recovering from. And on top of all that, he runs the ball between 10 and 13 times per game. And last I checked, those type of quarterbacks are usually washed by age 28, 29, which means when you get Hooker in the building at age 26, you got about three years until he starts to diminish. That's the way it goes for running quarterbacks, and it makes me nervous. There's got to be general managers that say, yeah, let's wait until round two or three for him. So Wes has got Richardson. I got Hooker. Cody, who's going to fall out of round one? Man, for for a moment, I I kind of lapsed. I thought you were just talking about Will Levis for the first half of your Did speech I say him? there. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, I, good. I was just sitting here <laughs> racking my brain because I knew you went quarterback. Both of y'all went quarterback, and so I was sitting here thinking about it. And I was like, he is not saying all this about Will Levis. Get that blasphemy out of here. I think all four of these quarterbacks are going to go pretty high. Okay. Uh, so I don't have any of them on my list. But I was very shocked by Wes's Anthony Richardson take. Um, <laughs> that was a take for sure. <laughs> I, I, got, I got some sneaky ones. They're not quarterbacks, but um, okay. let's let's go. I got a list of five here we could run through real quick. Do it. Let's go with Brian Branch. I think that this is a guy who his his main calling card is that he's plug and play. His floor is really high, but he's also he's not super athletic. He's not a, he's six foot one ninety, so he's not a big box safety. Um, this is a hybrid guy that I think is just getting pushed to everybody's attention just because the safety class is so weak, and so maybe that does get him picked up in the, in the first round. But I think there's many other years Brian Branch would not go in the first round, including last year. Um, and then I also got Brian Breesey, uh, Darnell Washington, uh, as great of a talent as he could be for a, a real life team, maybe not fantasy wise, but real life as a six offensive lineman, you would think that his talent would warrant him going in the first, but I just don't see three tight ends going in this, in this first round, uh, a sneaky one here would be Dalton Kincaid. He's someone who is routinely mocked in the first round. It's been a while since I've seen a mock with him, not in the first round. He uh, has no workouts, uh, had a back injury, and then combined with Michael Mayer um, just being more of a sure thing and ready to go. And NFL teams have been on Michael Mayer for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dalton Kincaid could slip out of the first round for sure. Um, that being said, I think Michael Mayer could go really high. Uh, and then my last one is Osiris Torrance, pretty much everybody's first guard. I think that this guy could fall out of the first round and. Uh, Maybe have a center go in his place. I think he's a little overrated out of Florida. 
tight ends in the first round of the NFL draft since 2010. Jermaine Gresham, Tyler Eifert, Eric Ebron, David Joku, Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, Hayden Hurst, Noah Font, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts. I, I really think we're going to get to a spot where these guys will still get paid, but they're going to get like running backs where you don't bother with them in the first round because it takes a long time for them usually to get going. I think we've talked about that on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that somebody, like I just gave my little speech about, they eventually got to wake up and realize this, that they can probably get got in round two. Um, Hawkinson is really the only one on that list that'll stand yep. out. And you'll say, I mean, those were all, all of those guys are decent football players, but none of them outside of Hawkinson and hopefully for Wes's dynasty ownership stake pits uh, <laughs> turns out to be something because they're all just a bunch of dudes. Yep. And this might sound cliche with the Jason Witten comparison, but mark my words, Michael Mayer will not go past the Cowboys. If he is still there on the board, he won't make it past them. Yeah, because they basically they need a tight end, probably a linebacker next to Parsons, and mm-hmm. I guess a running back if Bijan were to fall that far. And what, what I've been seeing is Drew Sanders from Arkansas, like you said, mm-hmm. a linebacker, uh, and then also Michael Mayer. I, what I what I was reading is that they're considering four players, and they didn't say which four players, but Drew Sanders makes sense, like you were just saying. That's who I had in mind. Uh, Michael Mayer, and then. Maybe offensive lineman. Uh, I don't really know who the fourth one could be. Probably a corner. I don't see them maybe wanting to pay Trevon Diggs as much money as he's probably going to request next year. Didn't he win? Was it defensive? No, he didn't win defensive player of the year. But no. he he did have that one crazy year that is definitely still going to get him paid. But uh, I'm not sure the Cowboys want to commit to that. So I could definitely see them going corner here because – at this rate, it looks like these corners are going to start getting pushed down the board, maybe. Offensive tackle and edge is going to be surprising everybody. Trayvon is a first-team All-Pro from 2021, a two-time Pro Bowler the last two years, and he led the league in interceptions in 2021. So, yeah, he's got a resume that'll get him paid mm-hmm. from somebody, and plus he's only 24. Yep. So. And his and his metrics have never really been that great. He's just been a good press man and a good playmaker but as far as like man coverage and zone coverage i've always seen them down in like the lower spectrums yeah all right let's do some um let's see you had a bunch of dudes falling let's do some i don't know how west could get any bolder i was gonna say bold draft predictions i don't know how he could top that one uh mine mine might be boring but i still consider it bold i think we'll see more trade trades down the board than we've ever seen uh, mainly because of all of the dribblings we've read about there only being like, what, 15 true first rounders in this draft. I think there'll be a mad rush to trade back by multiple teams. I haven't decided how that affects the market. Like, so if a team wants to trade back from 12, does that mean that the price would be inflated for the selling team or not as much because of the demand? I haven't settled on that yet, but I think we'll see more trades down the board. And by the time the draft's over, there won't be tons of teams at their organic spot, especially after maybe 12 or so. Um, I flirted with the idea of somebody like Deontay Banks falling out of round one, um, mainly because there's a lot of tackles like we talked about last week that could go off the board. And if we're wrong and wide receivers are too premium of a position, uh, some positions going to be squeezed out. And so 
I've been trying to look at guys who we consider damn good football players like Brian Branch or Deontay Banks that fall out of round two. But I'm going to stick with uh, a record-setting amount of trades down the board by teams. Wes, what is as bold or close to as bold as Richardson in round two? <laughs> <laughs> All right. For my bold bold take here, um, to piggyback on what we were talking about earlier uh, regarding the tight ends, uh, I will go... There's not going to be any tight ends or linebackers drafted in round one. And for the first time in some many years, we're going to have three running backs taken in round one in round one. Wow. Oh, don't don't do drugs. Kids. Are you going to identify them? <laughs> uh, I will go uh, Bijan. I will go Gibbs and I will go Frank the Tank. Really? What? Yeah. He's saying words now, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing that this would be towards the bottom of the draft to the good teams who just want to merely get better. Yeah, I mean, so Bijan will probably go top 10. Uh, then you look at the back end of the draft. Uh, Kansas City could use a running back. Uh, Cincinnati could use a running back. Hey, it's crazy stuff has happened before. CEH was most people's like Tank Tank Bigsby. Mm-hmm. I remember that the Jonathan Taylor year. CEH was literally RB five, RB six. Tank is my RB seven. So I mean, it's Dallas it needs a running back. I mean, there, there's need at the back end of the draft that it, it definitely could happen. Um, if it were going to happen in, in any of these years, this year would be the year for that to happen. Yeah. Some team needs to get smart and maybe it's already Kyle Shanahan, but with the cost of receivers going up, or at least as it was, some team needs to get start smart and invest too much in running backs, utilize (laughs) them all over the field. You don't got to pay them very much. They're interchangeable. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd sound like I'm describing Kyle Shanahan's (laughs) team, but I mean, yeah, there's definitely enough talent in this draft, especially when you compare it to wide receiver like I am right now. Well, I, I would probably receiver. explain why he doesn't doesn't really matter which quarterbacks in his offense because he's cracked the code with using dynamic running backs to do you know his his heavy lifting, and he's and, still spending high draft capital on them. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? Uh, this is kind of a Vikings spin. I think it was the first draft that Quazy was out of the 49ers front office where they traded the King's ransom to go get Lance. It was almost as if they're like, oh, thank God the smart guy's gone. Let's go. <laughs> let's go get really. Let's go really get risky and trade everything for one quarterback. Um, I was doing the timeline on it and I was like trying to figure out if they'd ever done anything really sexy in Quazy's tenure. And it was like the dra- draft right after he left. They're like, whew. All right, the boy genius is gone. Let's just do let's do what we want to do now. <laughs> That's a good segue for my hot take. Yeah, let's have it. The Texans have a new quarterback, but it is not Bryce Young. It's not CJ Stroud. It's not Anthony Richardson, and it's not Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Not only that, the Texans are going to have a triple podium whenever they enter and introduce it. I think that they could trade back into the first round and select Hooker or use that extra draft capital from the Browns to maybe send a package to Trey Lance since they share those 49er route, uh, routes. But um, let's double up more with that hot take. 
I think one of the members of the uh, triple podium is going to be Bijan Robinson. I think that the floor for Bijan Robinson, the lowest he will go, is the Houston Texans at 12. Bijan will not be on the board at pick number 13 tomorrow night. I, I really believe that. I think the other realistic scenario for him would be the Falcons would be his best spot. And then his, um, I mean, I know I said the floor is the Texans, but I mean, even then he's definitely not making it past the commanders. But I think that if he somehow makes it past the Texans, someone's trading up. He don't, they don't let him fall to the commanders. If the commanders want him, they have to move up. But Texans at 12, when they're on the clock, he's on still there. I'm calling it. So your call was they don't get a quarterback or they end up getting hooker later. They, uh, the triple podium with hooker trading up into the back end of the first round. But I think that they could go. I think that they will go. Will Anderson at two, uh, Bijan Robinson at 12. And I'm, I'm a little less positive on hooker, but I do think that they found an alternative. They find an alternative way to fill that quarterback spot than what has been presented this whole summer. I don't think so, it's going to be one of these top QBs. I don't even think with 12, they're going to consider it. If Will Levis is there, I think they still take Bijan. If they go Will Anderson at two, what do the Cardinals do at three, or who do they trade? Because you still have quarterbacks going off the board. Yep. So uh, right now, um, the for me, a lot of it, I worked my way back up from the Eagles because I think if a team trades up to three with the Cardinals, it's going to be the Eagles. Oh, really? Or, yes. For a pass rusher, maybe an offensive lineman. If for whatever reason, Arizona stays still, I think they take. I Right here, I penciled in. I got offensive lineman. Okay. I mean, surely. Everybody has them going defensive player. Um, I was reading earlier about how they've drafted two offensive linemen total since Kyler Murray's been in Arizona. One in the late second round who's been really bad in um jones uh something jones and then uh another one was a fifth round pick the rest have been linebackers safeties um yeah so (laughs) surely the cardinals would go offensive line here i think offensive linemen are gonna go way higher than people think i think the big the big dudes on the on the line are gonna reap the rewards but in in my scenario here i got stroud to the colts after paris johnson to the cardinals and then um tyree wilson to seattle jalen carter to detroit devon weatherspoon to vegas and anthony richardson to atlanta and Bijan robinson i put to the bears because i was trying to make this yeah. as the worst possible scenario for the eagles and that would be that um if for whatever reason Houston passes on Will Anderson, I think the Eagles already have the phone call on hold. Okay. <clears throat> One thing I was thinking about during these last two speeches, kind of random, is um, every draft, there's always one team <clears throat> like uh, the Raiders in 2021, Alex Leatherwood. I think last year was it the Patriots or the Cowboys that just got some guard that we thought could have been got in round two or three? There's going to be one or two teams. Mm-hmm. That will be like, what'd you do that for? Not necessarily like insanity, like the Raiders would do, you know, just picking the fastest guy because he's fast. But like some team that you're like, well, couldn't you have got that guy at like pick 57? There's going to be one or two teams that do that. And that should 
also upset our order in our mock drafts because we didn't see it coming. And that frees up, you know, for your favorite team for the bo- the board to fall more favorably. But only problem with yeah. that, it's, it's impossible to predict. I think if memory serving me correctly, the Patriots did it in the last two years where they were just cool. like, Fuck it, we'll just take this guard and be done with it. Yep, Cole Strange last year was yeah. a, a third round projected pick. Yeah. It took him twenty eighth. <laughs> yeah, and he turned out to be pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. actually. Uh, I think he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and it, it kind of just feels when I see that type of pick, even though it turns out to be fine, it kind of feels like they're lazy. Like, yeah, yep. we don't want to go through all this trade garbage. <laughs> like I knew when they picked him, I knew he was going to be good. I was like. <laughs> this is totally some Bill Belichick <laughs> stuff right here. Like as soon as he got picked and everybody's like, Oh, he went way too early. I was like, watch this guy's going to be great. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So we're, we're striking while the iron's hot on the Bijan topic uh, because I've said for what, eight weeks that to me, he's the most fascinating player in the entire draft um, because some team is just going to get incredibly rich for five years at running back and everybody, whether it's general managers or pundits are like, yeah, we don't really care. He can go wherever you want. And it's just a completely different philosophy from the way that I was raised watching football. So I want to know from you guys, I think probably just going to be the Eagles. I think he'll tumble that far. I've wrestled with the Falcons, um, but I'm like you that I see if there is a tumble by Richardson or Levis, uh, Ritter could be great and that could be fine, but it'd be nice to have a, a summer camp battle just so we know if he can outlast Levis or Richardson, whoever falls. So I think I think just because it will really irritate me and then the rest of the world, I think the Eagles get richer with Bijan at 10. I hope I'm wrong. Wes, where does he go? Uh, I've got him going to the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Um, Arthur Smith, he wants to run the ball. He wants to run the ball. He wants to run the ball. Um, l- the last two years, they've invested in pass-catching weapons and – for whatever reason, they have no interest in utilizing those. Um, and Drake London and Kyle Pitts, uh, I think they add Bijan to that trio and continue to run the ball. Um, it's it's a perfect fit for what their head coach wants to do. So I I just I, I really see Bijan not lasting past pick number eight. Uh, um, for your draft fantasy draft purposes, whether it's uh, redraft or dynasty, will it turn you off hardcore if he goes to the Falcons because the way they burned you, or no? No, because this team wants to run. So okay, so I, I do I the opposite, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair. Uh, that'll be a, a a dream scenario for a lot of fantasy owners if if he goes to Atlanta because you know for absolute certainty that he's going to get the rock. <laughs> yeah. If he's going to get fed. He's get they're they're going to create a scheme just for him. It's going to be the Randy ratio but the Bijan ratio. Yeah. If if Bijan went to the Colts behind uh behind Jonathan Taylor and then tore his ACL the next day, I would still take him 101. That's how good Bijan is going to be, regardless of landing spot. This dude is a weapon, which is scary because honestly, the only other time and I and I wasn't as well versed in football as I am now. But the only other time that I remember everybody talking like this was Trent Richardson, which was not too great. No, not at all. And I'll always remember that the 
the Vikings got a, a junior little draft haul just by allowing the Browns to leapfrog mm-hmm. them. And then we thought the Vikings had just been gangbusters after one year with Matt Khalil. <laughs> and then it turned out <laughs> the, the joke was on us. Yeah. Um, I digress. <laughs> oh, man. Good way of putting it. Well, it is because I imagine if I was in my job that I am now <laughs> writing about the Vikings how wrong I would have been like the going into Khalil's second year, I would have told the whole world that everything was fine. Like Derisaw, like Derisaw showing up next September and looking like shit. We'd be like, what? (laughs) That's how wrong I would have been with Khalil because he seemed so, so just ready to lock down that spot for 10 years. And it was like, yeah, I think they would, they wait three years, four years until they said, get the hell out of here. But yeah, what is so awesome in Madden. He was so fast for <laughs> offensive lineman. Yep. Uh, where do you have, uh, oh, great running back whisperer? Where do you have Bijan landing? I also got the Falcons. Okay. Uh, this is this is a team that is for sure set up for Bijan to thrive. Um, I think that everybody wants him to go lower because he's a running back, and I, I just don't think that's going to happen. People are going to look at him as a true weapon which he is i mean this guy could play the full slot wide receiver route tree if you've got a running back he can still go out there and make an impact um he's he's for sure going high i think he goes high enough to let like Wes was kind of referring to maybe not three running backs but i think he allows jameer gibbs to maybe sneak into the back end of the first since you know if you need a running back the first one's long gone and and like I said, he could go at 12 to the Texans, but I, I think he's way gone before that. And it starts surely not with the Lions, but I think it starts with the Falcons. I think the Lions, if the quarterback falls to them, they're in quarterback business without a doubt. They, I think they're on um, the hook for less than 10 mil and dead cap with Jared Koff's contract uh, next year. So I do think that Bijan could go eight to Atlanta. And probably not any higher than that. Too many you, quarterbacks and pass rushers. When you've linked them to the Texans, are we just to assume that Pierce is not excellent? I certainly, I know he's not as good as Bijan, but this was kind of like where I was at with Chester Taylor and Adrian Peterson in 2006 and 2007. Uh, I'm feeling like, well, why are they going to do that? Um, ultimately, I was very wrong about Chester Taylor and Adrian Peterson. So do you think that they would just use two of them or Damian Pierce is just a run-of-the-mill running back? That was such a good comparison, Dustin. I I have not thought of that one yet. I love it. Yes. Chester Taylor and Adrian Peterson. It would be just like that. You wouldn't have a problem with these guys. Texans need playmakers. Mm -hmm. And I think the best way to um, pull a team up from where the Texans have been. Okay, yeah, I'll jump on this. I think a super underrated and one of the best ways to pull a team up like this is to establish the ground game, get your defense simplified, get your defense rested, start to play tough defense, and we'll go from there. Obviously, they're still trying to figure out their quarterback situation, so why not go ahead and figure out the run game and the defense and let the quarterback situation come along, whether it's through Trey Lance or you know, a quarterback next year. Um, Bijan would – I think that Damian Pierce is a fine running back, and – I do expect him to get competition in some way in this backfield. And he is probably RB2 behind Gibbs and Bijan Robinson. I think that if they take any other rookie running back this 
summer, I, I think Damian Pierce is good enough to be safe. So, okay. Um, if you were to toss him from last year's class into this class, I think he'd probably go about third behind Jameer Gibbs right there with Zach Charbonnet. So, uh, I do think he's good. Don't have to worry about him unless they take Bijan, which I think they absolutely will. If he, if the Falcons, if we are wrong on the Falcons and wrong on the Eagles, Bijan's going to be a Texan. <laughs> so we'll get to see it happen. <laughs> Yeah, uh, in 2006, just so folks don't think I'm absolutely insane, uh, Chester Taylor had uh, 1,216 rushing yards, and that was in 15 games of a 16-game season. So I remember as a 23-year-old when the draft, like just right, right, like right now, I was thinking, why do I keep seeing these mock drafts with Adrian Peterson to the Vikings? We already have Chester Taylor. The guy ran for 1,200 yards. Like, what are we doing? <clears throat> and I had no clue that Peterson would turn into almost mm-hmm. a day one Hall of Famer. And so, yeah, that's that's the example. It's almost like, uh, again, using the Vikings in 1998, they had Chris Carter and Jake Reed. Why the hell would you go draft a wide receiver? You don't need to. And boom, um, both situations, the Vikings put their arms in, in the entirety around best player available and didn't get a Super Bowl, but you certainly got memories and Hall of Fame candidacies of a lifetime. Yeah, especially uh, it's so intriguing because Bijan could go to so many teams simply because he could unseat so many starters. Mm-hmm. I think that they're, I mean, Christian McCaffrey. I think that this guy could go toe to toe with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, any other potential RB ones out there? I think if the Jaguars, which I've been hearing the Jaguars are going to surprise some people with their pick, if they were to take Bijan, he'd snuff out Travis Etienne so fast. And Travis <laughs> Etienne has so much potential, but it would it wouldn't be close. It wouldn't be close. And on top of the his his skill set, able to usurp about 28, 29 running backs in June. Um, then there's the dynamic of he could go to any team. On top of it, so that's mm-hmm. why the mystery is so grand because not only can he just be better than the running back you already have. He can go to any team because we don't draft running backs anymore. And I often wonder if we'll ever see a pendulum in the near future where we've bought into the analytics across the league. Only only team besides the Ravens and Bears that don't throw the ball all the time are those two. And I wonder if there's ever going to be a dynamic where brilliant, innovative offensive coordinators are going to do what you said. It's just like, well, if they're planning for us to throw. Why don't we just run the ball down their throat? And mm-hmm. then we kind of go back to a normalcy of balance or even running the ball more than now, because now it's just established that your team's going to throw the ball about 60% of the time. And that's the way the game works. That's such a great YouTube idea. I've actually thought of this before <laughs> because you see as time goes on and, and it's happening very quickly, these these linebackers are becoming smaller, but they're mm-hmm. becoming faster. And you, you've got corners like look at Emmanuel Forbes. He's 160 pounds. He would have never gone in the first round a decade ago, maybe not even a decade ago, five years ago. But with the way that the game is changing so much, this guy's going to I'm not a big fan of him because I'm a super big stickler on size thresholds just because of my fantasy football background. 160 pounds on any position scares me on a football field. Mm-hmm. And but this guy, I've been hearing he's not going to make it past pick 20. And so, like you were saying, the pendulum could swing back the other way. All of a sudden, you got big hog mollies and a big running back pounding away at these 
defenders who are not only too small, but they're not used to playing with three linebackers on the field anymore. Everybody's running a four, two, there are no (laughs) four, three or three fours. It's all some form of a four, two. And someday someone's going to come along and, and make you have to play base formation. And everybody's going to be like, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think it's the reason why nose tackles, we don't even we don't even consider them any remotely near round one unless you consider Maisie Smith like in the vein of a nose tackle like Vitavea yep. he was one what four or five years ago now but yeah with nose tackles I always like do we even where do those guys come from because exactly. they certainly don't come from the draft <laughs> they're they're going the way of DVDs just like fullbacks went the way of VHS tapes yeah and so yeah there's going to be some offensive coordinator probably Shanahan that says well if you're not going to put any big you know thunder chunky guys in the defensive line we're just gonna run the ball right down your throat yeah imagine if they take uh darnell washington and the 49ers they would break they would they would break the game (laughs) they really would george kittle is already unbelievable and already kind of a six offensive lineman if they took darnell washington and trot him out there with george kittle and debo samuel and cmc oh man that would be bad. I would root what, for them to actually get that guy. That's without Kirk Cousins will join yeah. them in about 10 months. So yeah. then they'll have a guy who can actually throw the ball and not get hurt. Um, mm-hmm. Like the crow flies. That's his gig. All right, let's let's do this last question of the call. And then we will say bon voyage. So everybody can watch the draft either tonight. If you're listening to it on Thursday or <clears throat> thereafter. Uh, I think mine is not not sexy at all, but I'm I'm leaning into this. You can't go wrong for the most part with the best edge rusher on the board. So I think oh, my, my big lead up to this was who five years from now, will we look at all of the, I don't know, PFF scores or pro bowls or all pros and say the God, that guy was the best football player in the 2023 NFL draft. I'll say Will Anderson. It's not very exciting. Um, Wes, who do you got? I will go with uh, Bryce Young. Really? I, I think. Okay. I think his processing ability will keep him uh, in the NFL size be damn. And I, I think that especially if he's going to Carolina, which I presume he is, um, they have the foundation set up around him to uh, succeed. Cody, take us off air with the, the guy who will be considered the best football player from the 2023 NFL class at the start of the 2028 season. Let's take it back to the beginning. I've been waiting the whole episode for this. The best player in five years is going to be Anthony Richardson. Oh, I wow. mean, <laughs> the me- the media is so thrown off about this guy, just like they are with Kirk. And y'all got to sympathize with me on this. We know how it's been defending Kirk. It's going to be the same way defending Anthony Richardson for reasons we know why. You know, people think that, you know, he's not going to be an intelligent football player. He's raw. But let me tell you, if you actually sit down and watch some of his games, maybe with, you know, someone on a YouTube video describing what they're what you're watching, you'll see that Anthony Richardson's not as dumb as everybody in the media is making him seem. He has smart, mature pocket management. <laughs> he doesn't only rely on his amazing athleticism. His pocket management is an A+. And it's right up there with Bryce Young. You combine that with being six foot four, 250 pounds, and the most athletic quarterback to ever declare for the NFL draft. Not to mention, he started 11 games only. He got a late start with football due to extreme home situations growing up. And he faced the sixth hardest strength of schedule 
in college football um, this last season and his only 11 starts. Let's put another cherry on top of this. I truly believe that Florida's offense, it was just as bad as Kentucky's as far as the coaching, play calling, receivers, offensive linemen. I think if Anthony Richardson would have been playing basketball this whole time and working on that, that he could have gone pro in the NBA. And so you tell me a player with a ceiling that I believe in like that, nobody else can touch that ceiling in this class. I think that Anthony Richardson guaranteed has the highest ceiling out of anybody in this entire draft class, without a doubt. And his athletic testing puts proof in that pudding. Does he come onto the scene and start to prove the naysayers wrong? I'm only a naysayer because of his inaccuracy at the college level. I struggle to understand how that will magically get better in the NFL. But um, do you think that he will marinate behind somebody for a year or do you think he plays at sometime September, October, November next year? He's ready to go day one, despite what people think he, okay. he, the whole time when people see him that you just think that his pocket management, and I know even as me talking about it, you think, Oh yeah, well the athleticism, you just brought it up. The pocket management that I'm referring to is the one, how he doesn't use his athleticism. He plays within the confines of his offense, like a pro does, like we've seen Kirk Cousins do. He steps up in the pocket to make these throws. He shifts to the left, shifts to the right to avoid pressure. But not only that, he can use the athleticism. I was just telling you all this as if he had no athleticism. Now, let me tell you, his athleticism is already, whether we want to say it or not, Hall of Fame level because we've never seen athleticism like that. This guy is like an ox prime. Whatever you think Big Ben was to bring down, this guy's even better than that. So you combine that with his pocket management, that tells me he's ready day one. And if he's a starter for someone day one, you could best bet I'm making all types of bets without a doubt, confidently. So that's why me, honestly, I fingers crossed I would give up I'm fine starting off giving up two first round picks for him to be a Viking and us to go up to three somehow. Maybe he falls. We don't have to give up that much. But if he is a Viking, he'll be definitely one of my favorite players ever, without a doubt. And I know y'all are big on rookies. I wouldn't be like that for Will Levis. <laughs> you'll, you'll have all summer to talk yourself into it on Levis. So we started the show with Wes saying this guy is going to fall out around one and Kobe gives like the, <laughs> like, remember the Titans rah-rah speech. Uh, I had, I had to do it guys. This is going to be my last chance to tell y'all like, like, Hey, pat me on the back. I got this one, right. And you, <laughs> I will bring it up. Well, now, you know, back. now you're becoming a savant at chopping up videos and edits for YouTube. Now you'll always have this eternally on record so that when oh. he does start to look like Josh Allen, you can say on April 26, 2023, there were the naysayers. They said it couldn't yes. be done, and here he is. All right, gentlemen, we'll be Nay. back. Again. <laughs> this is Cam Jackson we're talking about. We'll be back <clears throat> in one week. We'll go through who we perceive as winners and losers of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's hard to believe in one week we'll have we'll know everything about who went where. It's wild. And y'all are not going to be able to get enough airtime next week. I'm going to need an oxygen tank in here <laughs> for talking so much. We're going to need a two-hour episode. Yeah, Jason's going to be sitting there with his arm crossed. So, All right, gentlemen, you have a wonderful night. We'll talk to you one week. See you later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.